0: It's Cofield and Company.
1: I'm giving you one more chance, Steve. I can't have you driving down the road in a skyjack drinking beer. Steve
0: Cofield. We like Steve, <laughs> but we don't love Steve.
1: It's Cofield
0: and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN
2: Las Vegas. And we know it because we feel it in our bones.
3: Yeah. I got to be muted today. I know the audience loves the uh, the scream about the Friday, 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 but uh, we are out at Finley North VW. I don't want to scare the people here who are working and the customers. Can you imagine if I ruined a deal for them because I'm in the middle of their showroom screaming? That wouldn't work. That wouldn't work. It's ESPN Las Vegas on the road. Finley North VW, RJ Clifford is in with us today. He'll be here for the first hour, and then we maybe we keep him around and tell Adam Candy to buzz off now. Adam will be in at 4 o'clock. Uh, Ari is back in our Finley Toyota studio, so strong Finley roots today on Cofield & Company. RJ, how you doing, buddy?
2: Awesome. Look at you being all disciplined, not yelling. I mean, maybe your yelling would help make a deal. Like if something's not going well, you know, it's the icebreaker, you know, or maybe like instead of ringing a bell every time there's a cell, like Cofield has to just like yell something out. Let's do it. It's an incorporation.
3: 514 a month. That's the best you're going to do. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Trust me. Trust me.
3: So stop on by. we got a ton of prizes. I'll give you a list of uh, all the prizes a little later on as we've got tickets to the Mountain West Conference semifinals for the men's tournament. Uh, also, tickets to NASCAR weekend that's coming up next weekend. With three races right here in Las Vegas. So uh, RJ is with us. Do, RJ, do, do, you,
2: do you always do slick back hair like this? Or are you just going for the used car salesman look? Because that's um, where you are.
3: No, no. Okay. Uh, I'm losing it. But yeah, you haven't really seen me face to face in a while. I'm losing it badly enough in the back that I kind of do like a sculpt of the hair. It does not work. It doesn't. So work instead of
2: all. a comb over, it's like a comb back.
3: It's a comb back, and then I will yeah. – are we really doing my hair details to open the show? Or is that really what we're going to be doing here?
2: It's the important – hard-hitting hard stuff. That's what you brought I, me on here to do, right? I, I feel like it's too much.
3: It's
0: Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at
3: 877-700-NOVA. Yeah, people see me on videos and uh, doing some of the uh, basketball games around town. They know it's not a pretty picture at all, at all. Um. I think we have a gesture of goodwill that we can offer you. RJ is a big Raiders fan. He does the Autumn Wind Bags Bags podcast. And you know what? I want to correct myself. You're a Raiders media person. You're no longer a fan because you're doing a a podcast. We actually got a great email this morning, and I'm pretty sure this is still up for grabs because why would you ever give it away in less than a day? We got an email earlier today. We have a John Gruden... Uh, Corona giant bobblehead. I don't know if you've ever seen these. These were, you know, when Gruden was coaching, it was a promotional thing that they put at grocery stores and convenience stores. So we've had one of those around for the last couple of years. And finally, uh, the management side of the building, the admin side of the building, was like, "Hey, who wants this? So, do you want it? Did 100%. you see the did, did you see the picture I sent you?"
2: I did. Yeah, he looks great. I mean, the only thing I would add is I would add that, like, black G-string mask onto his face that he had from week one, two seasons ago. I think that would, like, really do the look. Or is this a test? Like, is it problematic that I really want a John Gruden bobblehead doll? Does that Um, look bad
3: on me? I know Ari. That's probably the first thing he thought of is that Gruden turned out to be kind of a a creep who – had bad things to say about lots of different people and mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, ethnicity-wise and gender. all right do you want it? Because it sounded like <laughs> when you sent over the note on this that you were frustrated that you may
2: not get it. Why don't you ask for it? No, I uh, I, I will I will pass and let someone else uh, take advantage of that. Why wouldn't Archie... you want it? I'm not a big Gruden fan these days. Why not? Yeah, I'm not a not a fan of his character. You're in and Las Vegas. What he stands for and what he did to my organ. Oh, yeah. To our organization. I'm not allowed to say my, I remember. Uh, but yeah. You just said our. What's the, what's the difference? Las Vegas. He, he left a, a pretty bad mark on this town. So uh, if you've noticed, I've stopped using the I'm not an idiot drop as well because he
3: is kind of an idiot. So why wouldn't you use it? It's now it's. Better than ever to use it. Uh,
2: truth truth time here. I actually tried to edit out the knot so he would say, I'm an idiot. <laughs> okay. and it didn't you, work out.
3: Didn't do you work. have any, any remnants of it at all, or has it been uh, released into the, the great wild with our sound system that holds like 140 total bytes? Uh, I'm not an idiot. There you go. All right. So, RJ, you want it?
2: Uh, I guess I'm I'm. We're three minutes into the show, and now I'm listed as like the John Gruden <laughs> apologist now if I want this. Uh, if I want, I'm just going to say I just really like the beer. Like I'm just doing it for the Corona swag on him. Uh-oh. I don't care about the man. That's not my right. line. Jer- Jared Justice
3: has already claimed the Corona bottle oh! months ago, actually, months ago. Yeah, the bottle's been gone for a while. Yeah, for some but, reason. But it does have the little you know, the fake 12-pack, uh, so that's kind of cool. It still has the signage.
2: Right. I don't have to worry about that now. Be, uh, the bad look that comes with it.
3: Uh, email was sent, and we will find out uh, shortly before 4 o'clock when you're out of here if you got it. I mean, I think you should get it. Uh, we are one of the big shows on the sports stations, and why wouldn't a sports person get it? That makes sense. All right, RJ, let's get into some of the, the big news going on today. Yeah, it's pretty big news. Um, first of all, what do we got? Uh, you know, I got it. It's funny. I, I'm i real close with my plumber. That sounds weird, doesn't it? Yeah. Sounds real weird. Uh, the reason That's I'm close plumber. Well, it believe me, it pays because I bought a house that it was cursed, and I have water issues all the freaking time. So, like, I have to text this guy all the time. So he texted me, and I didn't look at it yet. He texted me yesterday, and let's see what the, uh, the first line said. I can't hold back. Colin Kaepernick has – I didn't read it yet. What does he have?
2: he's got this deal where he has this initiative to give free autopsies for police related deaths so i guess like the whole thing is when they really? when, you know when yeah so when a tragedy happens and someone a citizen dies at the hands of the police i guess what he's worried about is that the autopsies ever doing the autopsies like either you know works for the county works for the cities you know works with the cops and there's not going to give an honest autopsy so his plan is For, you know, because he's such a social justice guy that his idea is, oh, I'm going to independently start this program. We're going to have an independent person do the autopsy so we get behind the truth of what actually happened to the citizen, this dead body. It never even occurred to me that this was a thing, let alone that Kaepernick would want to pay for it.
3: Will people be in support of him?
2: (laughs) I think we know that people will and people won't right and we know exactly like who who will and who won't i mean haven't those lines been drawn forever ago like it doesn't even matter what the actual thing is that he's doing yep. it's just kaepernick's doing this you hate it or love yep. it and you've decided that before the sentence is over
3: i totally agree and you know regular everyday people i encounter on this it, that's exactly it's exactly what happens um we're tracking what's going on with the uh, horrifying action in ukraine and, you know, we talked about Russian and Ukrainian sports ties when it comes to the NHL. There's also a lot of deep ties, deep ties, when it comes to the fight world. And RJ's really big on boxing. He's even bigger on MMA. He actually was a professional MMA fighter. Um, and we all know the Klitschko brothers. And we mentioned the Klitschko brothers yesterday. Uh, Vitaly is the mayor in Kiev. I'm um, so used to saying Kiev. I have to get used to Kiev. I guess we were mispronouncing it the entire time. We saw pictures yesterday and this morning of him appearing to be on the front lines, and we had mentioned him yesterday saying that he was going to the front lines. What do you think of this?
2: I mean, it's. I, I imagine it's probably purely symbolic. Like, is he really, like, in with an AK-47 out there, like, ramboing Russian soldiers? Like, he's 50 years old. I don't know. Like, Maybe maybe he is. Maybe he is. I, mean, I don't know. He'd be, like,
3: he'd be a hell of a warrior at 6'7 and 250 pounds.
2: Right. Even at 50 years old, like just imagine yeah. what he'd be doing to these dudes. But uh, but even then, like even if it's purely symbolic, is it such a different element to Ukraine and how they view like war and how they view their leaders? Like, can you imagine any mayor of any city being like, oh, yeah, like, I'm going to put on this army helmet and I'm going to get in the tank and I'm going to I'm going to D up my city. Like,
3: well, our, our history, our recent history is completely different than Eastern Europe.
2: Yeah, we're not as yeah, we're like I mean, our homeland just, hasn't been we're ravaged not under, the way that they have.
3: Exactly, we're not under threat all the time, and this this threat has existed for a long time. And you know, it's interesting when you're, you know, when you're watching some of the videos and the highlights, and again, it's horrifying. But even to see, you know, a lot of people are going to the subways because those were built as bomb shelters. If the Americans but, attacked,
2: if uh, if we sent like our guys to help, like our like athletes like, like if we brought like an athlete right like we sent athletes If we sent like cory littleton there to, to help defend them like do we not get the cap hit next season can we get oh, that like is that the can suggestion? we talk to nato about that? Is that something i don't, we can work I, don't
3: out? I don't think we're ever going to be in a position i hope knock on plastic that uh we'll have to send anyone
2: okay good well in, i got an idea in, if we do. In,
3: involuntarily you know what i'm saying yeah so let's hope that that works out but a creative way to uh try to lop off some money from the salary cap
2: I'm always thinking, I'm always thinking. See, and I hope that seems a I hope little the over the top, though. Well, just a little desperate bit. times call for desperate measures. You know what I'm saying? I think we can kill two birds with one stone this way. You know what yeah. I
3: mean? I think we can come up with a, a lot longer list of uh, our city's mayors who we can send over.
2: I, I, hope, I just hope the fine people of Ukraine realize that all of America's social media influencers are working around the clock, making TikTok videos of support. I hope they realize that. Yes. And yes. I hope they feel it. Yes. On the other side of the country.
3: It could make a difference. We're helping. Yeah, yeah I, saw, I saw some poor news guy in Dallas simply send out a picture of uh, you know a building in Dallas had the U- Ukrainian flag colors, and it was like, yeah, we're yeah. supporting. And, and a lot of people answered, like, that's not really going to do a whole lot. Yeah. Now, that's the, that's the snark of Twitter. Like, no matter what you do, people are going to hammer you, so you can't win. If you don't do something, then you might get ripped by someone, and if you do something, then they're going to look at it as some sort of shallow – suggestion so uh, some sort of shallow gesture so nfl news that came out yesterday on the tv front and continues to develop uh first of all what do you think of troy aikman and his decision to bail on fox and go to espn are you an aikman guy
2: so aikman to me like he seems like the perfect like network executive hire because he he's not overly amazing at anything like he like do you remember like a call of his that blew your mind or an analysis? You're just like that was otherworldly. I mean, I can't, but he checks every box, right? Like good-looking guy, well-spoken, played quarterback for one of those, you know, arguably the most popular franchise in football. Got the Super Bowl rings, right? It's like he checks every box without really being an amazing broadcaster. So I feel like the suits—and this isn't a knock on him, but I just feel like the suits love him because it just he's just he's a box checker and he's safe.
3: But if you're looking for the sizzle of Monday Night Football and you're doing it for years and years and years and you can't find somebody, you go for someone safe?
2: I think so. I think so, right? Like, again, it's 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 a decision that big is made at the highest level, right? The very – not some guy it's, – it's some network executive at, like, Disney corporate probably, right, that's making that final decision that you have. It's not some, like, senior producer at ESPN who's – knows <laughs> right, right? Yeah. like it's not Yep, it's not 18,
3: 18 million a year yep let's go send it up the chain yeah like wait what'd you yeah. do how much money did you spend on who
2: exactly so it's like you go you go the you know the clean cut dude right it's got the background you're not making too many waves you're not shaking things up too much he's that kind of hire.
3: what a time to be aikman though because of the fact that amazon's going to get into football
2: mm.
3: bezos has more money than anyone on the face of the earth and they want to make a big splash so that helped him of having, you know, a negotiating pawn, some sort of competition. Now there's a bunch of names out there that Amazon might go after. Uh, one of them is Sean McVay. We've been talking about this story for a couple of years that TV people look at Sean McVay as a future TV star. Um, but at 36, it seems absurd that he would leave coaching. But then we also heard the rumors right around the Super Bowl that he may want to take a break and decompress and start a family. So apparently Amazon's going to make a run at him, which then turns into – Stan Kroenke, who I kind of think is, you know, Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life. Um, I think he does enough to field his teams, but I don't know that he's going to go above and beyond. Like, yeah. if McVeigh gets offered Aikman and Romo and Nance money, which is like $16, $18 million a year. I mean, we've heard multiple reports that TV people uh, were ready to pay uh, Peyton Manning, you know, 18 or $20 million a year. And if McVay goes to Kroenke and is like, uh, you know what, five years, $100 million. Let's go.
2: I mean, it's great if this is like purely a leverage move by McVay and his management and his agent just being like, all right, let's just threaten to like, you know, take, you know, $20 million broadcasting deal from Amazon. Like, great. Wonderful. Use all that at your disposal. But if this is the new norm, like if coaches are getting paid this much to broadcast, I hate it. Like Sean McVay changed (laughs) offense in the NFL. Like be in the NFL making football awesome. Like don't be in the booth where you, has anyone even like thought about like maybe he would be a terrible broadcaster? Like, I I imagine he's probably good. He won't be. probably going to succeed. No, he
3: won't be. He'll be awesome. He'll be – I think he actually could be better than Romo. Like, they may actually have to tone him down with calling the plays and the jargon. Like, he he would speak so far above the majority of the audience's head. Like, have you ever heard – basically his protege, who I'm sure will be a coach down the road. Have you ever heard Cooper Cup, after a game, start Mm -hmm. breaking down a play and why he caught a touchdown pass, and you're like, all right, coach. Like, it is like – so next level. I could see McVeigh doing that. But, like, for me, I think it's fascinating. And that's also why I'm not an Aikman guy because I, I do really see what you're adding to the game. If you're not going to go next level and teach me something. Like, I, I actually – I think Collinsworth teaches us something. People hate Collinsworth. But I think between the producers and what Collinsworth does, he points out stuff that maybe I didn't see. Maybe, you know, we missed. And a lot of the times, I think it's the job of the analyst to point out what's not on camera because we don't see a lot of the stuff that actually helps turn a play into a great play or a disastrous play. So I think McVay would, will, if he chooses to do it, I don't think he will, but he's now got Kronke over a barrel. If he chooses yeah. to do it, he will be the best analyst in all of football on games right away.
2: I mean, what horrible timing for those Gruden emails to leak. <laughs> like, broadcasters and coaches are becoming bajillionaires. The Raiders go to the playoffs and win 10 games all without him. He's like, yeah, he almost had to come out now. Everyone, everyone who's ever won a ring or spoken to a mic or called a play is now getting ten million dollars minimum.
3: And he's screwed. Yeah. And in the end, that's the that I mean, the penalty is not just being booted from the coaching ranks. He's out of football for the time being. No, like no involvement yeah. publicly with football. That's a freaking think? killer. Now um, well, you do get second chances though, because uh, what John Gruden did was bad. What Art Briles did, the former Baylor coaches. Horrific, and we'll get into that with Mark McMillan, one of our football insiders, in about 20 minutes.
0: Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at Three. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877 700 Nova. I would start with his legacy, and I would say, hey, look, Aaron, you play at Lambeau Field, but guess what? That's going to be located at Rogers Boulevard. You have a meaningful impact on the history of this organization, and we're going to do everything within reason and then some for you to retire, and retire as an all-time great. Now, back to Cofield & Company on ESPN Las Vegas.
3: Cofield & Company at uh, Finley North VW. Come on by. we got a ton of prizes, lots of cool giveaways, T-shirts as well we'll tell you about some of the great deals here in just a couple minutes. R.J. Clifford is doing the first hour on Cofield and company. He's in town for the uh, fights this weekend, Uh, big star on SiriusXM, and works in uh, boxing and mixed martial arts. That's Mike Tannenbaum on the way back, the former GM of the Jets. I'll let you answer this one, but I wasn't real keen on what Tannenbaum was saying, that one of the pitches for Rodgers to stay in Green Bay should be his legacy, and he might get a street. What?
2: Yeah, if that's what you're leaning on, uh, might as well sign him to the Broncos now. Like, if that's your go-to. Like, hey, I got the zinger, right? We're at the negotiation table with Aaron Rodgers. Like, we're really going to pluck the heartstrings of old sentimental Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's that's your go-to?
3: Yeah, he. That's- unless he's coming out of a body cleanse, he's not real sentimental. Which, by the way, what did we actually get details on what the body cleanse was?
2: So, I I, I looked it up. I'm glad I didn't look up video. I just read about it. <laughs> yeah, panchakarma. Panchakarma, I think is what it's called. So it's okay. this 12-day cleanse from India, and it involves like it involves like six different phases. Like this is just some of the phases: therapeutic vomiting or induced vomiting. Awesome. Purgation therapy or forced diarrhea to purge the bowel and cleanse blood toxins, the sweat glands, kidneys, stomach, small intestine, colon, liver, and spleen medications given by enema to cleanse toxins through the colon I don't know what this does to you Aaron but I hope it was worth it
3: Have you never had a cleanse by the way did you ever were you ever so bad at cutting weight that you had to go the extreme route in MMA
2: so there's this product called mag07 and it's a magnesium oxygen supplement that you take and it's a and it's a cleanse and How's that go well, out of respect for our listeners who may yeah. or may not I, be eating right now By the way, out of respect for
3: Ari, because he's freaking yeah. out right now next to the
2: dump <laughs> button. Like just shaking <laughs> like waiting for some graphic description. This guy, Archie's been on for twenty minutes and hard, I've dumped him three times. Uh, so out of respect for the truth, um, it hollows you out. Like you feel hollow and it's like gross. Oh, wow. But to be fair to be completely honest, you feel better after like yeah. you do feel oh. better after like you, you, you feel like a slob you' like you're fat, you've been eating so much you're like, oh my God, I'm like I'm hollow inside now.
3: How bad is it though how how rigorous? Is it rough?
2: That one that I did not yeah. that bad. Okay. now my uh, my wife did it as well didn't oh, well, go quite as well, why, well for her. why would
3: your wife do it?
2: you know and she's she not the clocked, one that's all like I'm mis- up
3: or something a little medicine, pregnancy problems in the past.
2: Well, you know, you get, you know, some, like you're, like you know how women are—they're always looking for like the next like healthy thing to do. Sure. Like, what's this new? This is new move that I can try, right? Yoga, kale, mago seven. And she's like, well, yeah, I'll give it, a, I'll give it a whirl, I'll give it a try. And like, not even like, it's by no means is she like that like supportive of me, where I'm weight cutting, she's doing as well. Like <laughs> right, Dustin Poirier's right, wife, she's right, nowhere right. near that supportive. Don't right. worry, it was purely for selfish reasons.
3: Uh, for for fighting, you had a, how much weight did you try to lose? How much did you lose? Like five, six pounds extra? what, what a cut. Not even two, so three
2: pounds. I, well, from the start of camp to yeah. when I weighed in, it was over twenty pounds. That's crazy. I'd, I'd weigh I weigh over one seventy five, and I'd fight at one fifty five. Now, like ten or twelve of that is just like you're working out twice a day, and you're right, just, right. Like, losing fat and just getting getting smaller. But then you lose. You know, I cut about eight to ten pounds of water in about twenty four hours.
3: If I do Mago Seven, can I lose seventy five pounds? Because that's about what I need to lose.
2: If you've got seventy five pounds of just like guck, like <laughs> yes. stuck to your, large I think I might. I think I might. There's, might. A th-
3: there's a thin person inside this frame. It just doesn't show.
2: You just need Mago Seven to have. I need out.
3: a well. I need yes. a lot of Mago Seven. Yes.
2: Look <laughs> so at we'll you, Mago Eight. How about that? I <laughs> yeah, hope you need yeah Mago 7. Eight. A little bit better. Next level.
3: <laughs> All right. Rogers reportedly wants 45 to 50 million dollars. He's worth it, right? I think he is.
2: Right. I mean, I, mean, I, I know
3: you. You and I are big on. Um, you got to pay the guy. Now, I think there's different levels. Like we can have a discussion towards the end of the hour about. Derek Carr at 30, 35, 40, 45 million. Yeah. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers on a mid level to good team makes you an instant Super Bowl contender. He's just that good. Now, the thing is, at 45 to 50 million dollars, and I'm, on this show, I am not a big let's break down the salary cap because I don't think we know what we're talking about. And with some organizations, RJ, it doesn't seem like there is a salary cap the Chiefs, the Rams. Um, but yeah, he's worth it. But then you, know, you have to be able to manage the rest of the roster. And, and for the Packers, Forty-five to fifty million dollars in the next couple of years is Devonte Adams going to take some ridiculously front-loaded deal where he's making like five and then it balloons later? But but it's all guaranteed. Like, how could they keep both at that rate?
2: I mean, that, that would be it, right? Like, can Devonte Adams play tackle as well? Because like he, he's be having to pay of like three different people. Well, look, it's the quarter. Like, just the economics of quarterbacks. Like, these numbers are only going to go up. Like, you remember when Derek Carr signed his contract four seasons ago? He was the highest paid quarterback in football for like 45 minutes. And then Stafford got his contract. And now less than four years later, he's the 15th highest paid quarterback in football from the highest to the 15th. And so when you like, yeah, like all these numbers sound insane. Wait until Justin Herbert's contract comes up. Wait until Joe Burrow's contract comes up. Like these guys are, it's like, we're not that far away. Like mark my words, two seasons, there'll be a 55, $60 million Mm -hmm. quarterback. Yeah, totally worth it. Caps going up. Like it's, that's just the direction we're going.
3: Hey, Herbert won't say anything because he's pretty quiet and pretty humble. Joe Burrow will be like million. <laughs> I'm forty-five million. No, taking forty-five million. Get out of here! You're insulting me. Completely insulting and, me.
2: Well, that's why these like rookie quarterbacks that pan out are just gold mines, right? Because you can pay them a couple mil, build up the rest of your roster, and then. Once they become that first contract where they're making forty, fifty million dollars, like everything changes on your roster, and so it's like these, like these Joe Burrows in these opening years, like that's your Super Bowl window. Like that really is your Super Bowl window.
3: Big day tomorrow at the Thomas of Max, seven o'clock game against Boise State, first place team in the conference. Runner Rebels on fire right now with uh, three wins in a row, six of eight. They're giving away ten thousand dollars if a student makes a half court shot. There's also two dollar Miller Lite beers uh, available during the first half and. There are family four-packs available, and for the lower level, you get four tickets, four hot dogs, four boxes of popcorn, four sodas for just $60, and it is, as I said, a blackout. So they're uh, recommending everyone wear at least a black T-shirt. They're going to be giving away black T-shirts as well. well. Uh, It's Thomas and Mac tomorrow, 7 o'clock start. Boise State is in town to take on your Running Rebels.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas.
1: You're going to listen to him? When he's out recruiting your kid to come to that university? I don't think so. They got mothers and daughters and things of that nature going to be sitting there looking at him sideways. They're going to know what happened at Baylor. Like, did you ever think at all, Hugh Jackson, that these sort of things were going to come up at some point in time?
0: You're listening to Cofield & Company.
1: On ESPN
0: Las Vegas.
3: Keyshawn Johnson going off about the hire of Art Bryles. Deposed from Baylor for uh, certainly mismanaging the program and, well, I mean, essentially having a fixer around to cover up a horrific culture of sexual assault and rape that was at Baylor when he was the football coach, and now he's at Grambling State as Hugh Jackson's OC. Mark McMillan is in with us here on a Friday. R.J. Clifford, Steve Cofield. Mark, what's up, buddy?
1: Oh, what's going on, man? I was listening to the little uh, little uh, little recap of, of Keyshawn Johnson, and I could just tell uh, in his voice that he was pissed off. And, uh, you, you know, when you asked me about some topics, I was like, man, that's got to be number one. I know there's a, lot, there's a lot of stuff going on uh, across the world. First of all, I want to pray for the people in Ukraine. Uh, let's get that out of the way, man, because I know there's a lot of people out there that's suffering is battling and losing their lives. So I wanted to make sure I give my uh, homage to the people over there in Ukraine.
3: All right, give me a reaction to Art Briles, who essentially has been banned from football, being picked up by Hugh Jackson, and you know, I think even more significantly, uh, an HBCU giving him a second chance. Oh,
1: Man, how in the hell can that happen, Steve? I, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. I want to I text you because, you know, he's a guy, he's a Cali guy. Uh, you know, we talk every now and then. We text each other. And I'm thinking, like, man, there's a lot of qualified coaches out there that have really good records, really good reputations. And you go hire the guy that drove the Baylor program into the ground. Uh, guys lost their jobs. Young ladies out there, you know, pretty much. Lost a lot at stake as far as their mental health and their and their mental capacity. Guys were raping these girls, and, and then you're going to sit here and you're going to hire this young man to be on your staff. This is not like the NFL. This is college football where you have to go inside these people's homes and try to sell your program. It's going to be a disaster, man. I don't see it going over any any. I don't see it going over well. Uh, you know, first of all, you're going to go into a lot of African American houses where parents are really strict and really on their on their P's and Q's. And what we hear, if, if, if if he walked through my front door, there's no way I wouldn't want to choke that man out because all the stuff that went down at Baylor, it's disgusting. And I, I I don't understand, man, Gremlin, I don't think this is a good hire at all. Uh, you know, you, you look at urban Meyer when he brought the guy over from Iowa that was doing all that stuff. And obviously it it came out and they fired him. I see that same thing. I need that same energy for coach There's No way. He should be coaching college football ever again.
3: Yeah, I'm not even sure that this one gets to the finish line because um, I would have to imagine that, at a minimum, the females on the Grambling State campus, there's going to be some sort of pushback on this because, uh, again, folks, I know it's – you know, anything that's like more than a week old is ancient history. Go back and read what was going on at Baylor. And Art Briles was a win at all cost guy. It was gross; they mistreated women. But I, I would think the the coeds or the the women on campus, Mark would go. They're going to go crazy.
1: Oh, they're going to go nuts, man, and rightfully so. They're going to be boycotting. Uh, they're going to be picketing. I'm sure some of the old alumni is going to come up and step up and be like, "Yo, this is not how we do it. This is not the Grambling way." This is not the way that we want to try to continue to get people to, to buy into the HBCU culture. That was the terrible that was one of the most dangerous, most foul cultures that they had at Baylor. And then obviously the HBCU is getting a lot of traffic with Dion and Eddie George and all these uh, former NFL guys getting hired, and then you bring in Mr. Bryles. Are you freaking kidding me? Are you kidding me? I, I am so pissed off right now, man. Uh, shame on shame on gramlin man for for hiring those guys and I, if he was here i'll tell him to his face that's that's not a good hire man it's not a good look for the university uh it's not a good look for coaching in general um man so many guys just try to fight and try to get an opportunity to be a coach and you go hire this guy who was coaching high school football who who, who would want to hire a guy period with that kind of track record and what he's doing uh you know what what, what those females went through man it's it's disgusting,
2: man. Shame on Grambling for hiring that guy. You know what scares me, Mark, is that th- I think this is so much more common. Like we hear the headlines when the news breaks, and we 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 kind of see the like, the ugly head that goes on at some of these schools. What scares yeah. me is that I think that maybe this is so common that they're just like, all right, he's just the guy that got caught. Like if we like this is this isn't something abnormal that got that got buried. He's he just got caught, and that's why they're just so kind of nonchalant about hiring somebody with this background. Right,
1: and, and like I said, that, that's the sad thing about it. And you figure, like, man, if he wouldn't have got caught, you know, things would have continued to, to go on. And, you know, women are fighting for so many rights, man, and, and like I said, all that stuff that went down, it's not like they're hiring him at, you know, some little Pop Warner or Pee Wee University. It's is grambling. You know, when you think of grambling, you think of you, know, you think some, some great. You know, you think of Eddie Robinson. You think Eddie Robinson would hire uh, Art Barrow after all this crap that went down at Baylor? Hell no. Anybody rolling around in his grave right now, like, man, what are we doing?
2: Well, moving on to uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, obviously a new regime over their new head coach, new whole coaching staff, basically Patriots West now in Las Vegas, uh, new GM. They have, they took over the best possible situation, right? Like normally when you have a new head coach, new GM, it's because the team was terrible and they're just wiping the slate clean and starting over. The Raiders are a, a 10-win team, playoff team, cap space, all the draft picks, franchise quarterback, they overcame all that anarchy last year. What is a reasonable yeah. expectation as Raider fans for next season with uh, Josh McDaniels at the helm?
1: Um, there's no reason why they shouldn't be uh, in the playoff again. You know, he's he set up to success. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, mean, I don't know how well he's going to do as a head coach. Uh, this is his first time. But you look at the roster and what they were able to do last year with all the turmoil and still make the playoffs and be, you know, a play away from knocking off the, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you know, he has a lot of talent on the roster. You know, I know Carr is in his last year um, of his deal. You know, rumors have been they're trying to trade him or not going to trade him. But if they don't, you know, he's a good enough quarterback to get them in the, into the playoffs. So it, it, the Raiders should be excited right now. And they have a lot of cap space. So if they can go out there and get themselves a really good receiver, uh, you know, shore up that offensive line because, you know, Carr was getting sacked a lot. Uh, obviously, the secondary still needs a little bit of work. But, you know, they're a playoff team. And, you know, winning 10 games in the National Football League is hard.
2: Yeah. So, obviously, at uh, – I maybe not obviously, maybe you disagree. But I think the, one of the biggest priorities on offense is to get a true number one wide receiver, obviously, with Henry Ruggs gone in that tragedy. Brian Edwards not panning out the way that we hope. Obviously, Hunter Renfro great in the slot. Darren Waller one of the best tight ends. But, like, a true number right. one receiver. All the talk's been around Devontae Adams. He wants 30 mil. I mean, I'm looking at some of these wide receivers that are available Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Mike Williams, Juju Smith Schuster. Is there one guy that you think is the best fit, uh, best fit in silver and black? Um, the, the best I would
1: say Devontae Adams, man. If you're gonna go, if you're gonna go out, you might as well get the best receiver out there. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he's gonna cost a lot of money, but are you trying to improve? Are you trying to take that next step? Um, are you trying to compete? with the Buffalo Bills and, and the Kansas City Chiefs uh, and those teams, you have to go out and get a bona fide receiver that you know that you can throw the ball up and he's going to make a play for you. Uh, Juju Schuster, you know, he's injury-prone. Uh, you know, Mike Williams, you just never know what you're going to get up with him. Uh, Calvin Ridley, uh, you know, I seemed like he did. I don't, I'm not going to say he wasn't mentally challenged or whatever happened in Atlanta, but you just can't take that risk on a guy like that. And like I said, Devontae Adams will be my guy. If I'm the Las Vegas Raiders looking for a number one receiver.
3: Well, if Juju's price is like six mil a year and Devonte Adams is 30, I think that has to be taken into consideration. <laughs> I mean, that's certainly a factor um, because everyone, you know, you're know you going to have to have productive players who are mid-level or low-priced salary guys, and that's how it worked with the Rams. For you, when you look back on the Rams season, like, what's the big narrative in terms of challenges that they overcame?
1: Uh man, I would I would say the quarterback position. You know, all all year long, you know, he was up, you know, uh, he was down and you know, Stafford just rode the wave and you know, coming into the playoffs, he never won the big game. Uh and for those guys that rally behind him, you know, you you lose Robert Wood earlier in their season, um, you know, and Cooper Cup steps up to be the, the, the one of the best receivers in the game, breaking all kind of records. Uh, no one saw that coming. Um, you know, they lose their first, you know, their two running backs in the beginning of the season before the season even starts, so um, you know they, they overcame a lot, and you know I, obviously uh, you know we have a defense like that uh, with Aaron Donald. You know you're always going to be in the ball game, but you know Matthew Stafford, you got to give it up for him, man. He, he overcame a lot, and uh, you know he won the big game. Uh, it wasn't pretty, but you know he's got the ring to prove that he's a champion.
3: Mark, I wanted to mention a passing in the football world, and I'm you know I'm sure you have sort of a connection with this dude, uh, Lionel James, Little Train James, with the Chargers. Yeah. Only 59 years old. Um, he, you know, he's older than you, but you know, played for the rival Auburn squad. And at 5'6", 171, he really was a productive player in the NFL. So much so that his second year in the league, he had, th- I think, it was twenty five hundred and thirty five uh, all-purpose yards. It, you know, it was one of those inspirational stories. And yep. you know, you're not you're not exactly a giant, so I'm sure you're aware of a little train when you came into the league.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that that kind of hit me hard, man, because he, he was one of those guys that you look at, you like, man, if he can do it. I can do it. You know, being in San Diego, growing up in California, and seeing what he was able to do, man, uh, especially with the Superchargers, uh, was incredible. You know, you, you look at what he was able to do with all returning kickoffs. Uh, you know, rushing for so many yards. Um, you know, at that stature back then when that game was, you know, when the game was really physical. You know, they didn't have the the the, the technology that we have uh, with the game today. You know, he played in an era where. You can really get after a guy and try to knock the snot out of him and not get penalized for it. So, you know, we lost a good one, man. I just hope people uh, realize what he's done for the game. You know, I know a lot of people talk about sprows and what he was able to do over his longevity, but look at little Train James and what he was able to do back in the day, uh, and you'll come away surprised, man. And, uh, you know, we lost a good one, and, you know, prayers go out to him and his family.
3: What's going on on the uh, Grillin McMillan front?
1: Oh man, you know I got some tri tip going, man. I, I I partnered up with my guys over at Dynaglow, Glow, man. I just uh, you know uh, got a couple of grills. I'm gonna make sure that you get a grill too as well, man. I, I just launched I I just launched my online sales, Steve. I had my first sales today at uh, Buzz Goat Coffee, man. They're a wholesaler of mine, so I got a chance to you know integrate with some of the fans who well, are actually Eagle fans that was purchasing my spices. So I'm excited about that as well. So. I'm just getting pumped up for March Madness, man. I know they got the NASCAR races in a couple of weeks uh, in Vegas that I'll be a part of. I'll be in the pits, baby. I'm going to be in the pits, man, hanging out with my man Carl Lawson. Can you imagine that? Grilla McMillan <laughs> hanging out at NASCAR, man.
3: Nice. Real nice. Hey, Mark, have a good weekend. We'll check in with you next week.
1: All right. Appreciate it, guys. Keep up the
3: good work. There he is, Mark McMillan, Mighty Mac, played with the uh, Eagles and the Saints and Chiefs and a bunch of other teams around the National Football League. You know, speaking of NASCAR, let's give away some tickets. Two tickets for the big race on Sunday, the Pennzoil 400. That's March 6th. There's three days of racing March 4th through the 6th. Call our 7364-1100, 364-1100 for information and to get your own tickets. If you don't win these from Ari, go to lvms.com.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co.
3: I think that Russell Wilson does not want to be in Seattle. And I think that Seattle would be fine moving on
0: as long as they felt comfortable with what their replacement would be. And so if Russell Wilson
3: is looking to play on a team that can be a contending team and a market that will give him more exposure than his current market in Seattle is giving him, then I think Pittsburgh checks those boxes.
0: You're listening
3: to Cofield and Company
0: on ESPN Las Vegas.
3: is hanging out north side of town, also on the Strip. R.J. Clifford's with me. He's actually uh, getting ready to do his uh, fight work. So he's down near the Strip. It's uh, Cofield up here at Finley North Volkswagen, where they've got the uh, the Tiguan and the Passat and the Family Car of the Year, the 2021 Atlas. And right now, uh, I don't know how many people out there have shopped for a used car, but... um, they're pricing and worst of all the interest rates are high so finley north volkswagen right now has 1.99 percent apr on all certified pre-owned models so that saves you a ton of money plus you can get uh, 500 bucks off if you are a military veteran first responder that's pretty cool so come by and see us we got a ton of prizes as well you hear Tim Hasselback on the way back talking about Russell Wilson. He's weird, man, because uh, R.J., he's said all along that he doesn't think Aaron Rodgers should leave Green Bay and that he doesn't believe he will leave Green Bay, but he's all about Russell Wilson leaving. I don't think Pittsburgh is a realistic destination. You know, the funny thing with the Steelers, R.J., is when we've talked about you know our plans, because we're all GMs, on this show um, – I've talked about flipping Derek Carr for a better quarterback, and the Steelers would be one of the teams, if you can get draft capital back, that makes it worth it. Now, I don't believe the draft capital that you're going to get back for Carr is going to be what Seattle gets back for Russell Wilson. Um, I think Wilson's price is going to be much higher. Uh, Adam Hill is all about tearing the whole thing down, right? Carr goes, and then they have a bridge quarterback for a couple years, and then the whole plan is to nail it with a quarterback in the draft. Two years from now or three years from now. That's his plan. I know your plan is you like Carr and you think he's worth the money. And again, because if he gets $35 million over the next, say, three or four years, that could be a bargain by year three and four. And he's not old at that point.
2: Yeah, he's 30 years old. Like, look, the Raiders just had, at worst, the second best season of the last two decades. Think about that. It's been 20 years. I was a teenager when they went to the Super Bowl, right? Like, that's how long it's been, right? And you're like, oh, yeah, well, we got 10 wins. Went to the playoffs, second-best season. Let's start over. Let's break it all down. Clearly, it's not working. Like, what? You got to, like, think about what they pulled off this season under all the worst possible circumstances, right? No Henry Ruggs. Like, they had this, this magical ending run to win those last four games, overcoming turnover problems, all those things. And you want to start over? You have a franchise quarterback. You have a bunch of, a core of really good young guys still on rookie contracts. Their last, I know Alex Leatherwood didn't really, you know, be all that great as the uh, as the first overall pick, but the rest of the draft guys played great. Like Nate Hobbs and Trevor Morrick played awesome. It's like you've got a chance for sustained success. And you want to start all over? What are you thinking?
3: How about this middle ground take? Uh, one of the uh, bloggers, and there's about a million of them, and podcasters, and you're one of the great podcasters, but you're a media professional with SiriusXM as well. If you yeah, don't know, uh, yes. RJ does a uh, podcast called The Autumn Wind Bags, uh, but another blogger is really stuck on the Derek Carr better play for the $19 million this year, or screw off, uh, saying that uh, he's the one who said he only wants to be a Raider, so honor your contract and play this year for $19 million. Uh,
2: well, I mean, it is, it,
3: it is a creative take, man. Derek <laughs> Carr is the one who said it.
2: It baffles my mind, every single offseason, how fan bases, and not just Raider fans, 32 fan bases, all say to themselves, like, yeah, I think our quarterback will take a team-friendly deal to help the team. Like, they'll they'll take less money because they want their guard to get a raise or to sign a safety that the team really needs. When does that ever happen? How often does it happen that quarterbacks are like, yeah, you know this really hard thing that I've spent my entire life mastering to make a lot of money? I'll do less of that just to appease bloggers. Like, why do we feel that this is a thing?
3: Isn't the easiest thing to do to to check yourself? Ask yourself if at 30 with big money on the horizon in a sport that can end your career in any game or any practice, if you would play for 19 million without an extension, you wouldn't.
2: How many people in a a regular job, whether you're truck driver, carpenter, insurance salesman, you'll be like, you know what? I'll take a 20% pay cut to help out the secretary. Like, it happened, like, how? Like ask yourself if you would ever do that. And you're asking quarterbacks, alphas, guys that, like, peak competitors, if they're going to do that. It just, it just doesn't happen.
3: Totally ridiculous. Uh, what do you think about Russell Wilson?
2: I mean, he wanted out last year, and he played last year. Aaron Rodgers wanted out last year, and he played last year. I mean, losing a franchise quarterback, like a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback who's still got a lot of good years left, like, that gets GMs fired. Like that's what like franchises often don't ever like the Dolphins still haven't had a good quarterback since Marino. Like how many franchises are just floundering in quarterback purgatory and you're going to bounce on your quarterback. Like I know it worked with Tom Brady, obviously, obviously it worked with Matt Stafford last season, um, you know, cause he did, you know, he did his time, so to speak in Detroit, but like, that's, like some quarterbacks never recover this whole idea They're like, oh, yeah, we'll just get rid of Derek Carr and we'll get someone better. Like that'll, tot- that'll totally happen because, you know, franchise quarterbacks just grow on trees around here. It's like you got to keep you got to keep the guys that make you win.
3: Uh, you're in town for the fight. gfc has got some fights. And while it might not be the biggest card, it is a card uh, headed up by a guy who could be one of their megastars. So tell the audience before we, uh, we let you go who's on this card.
2: So the main event, it's it's actually a catchweight bout because Bobby Green is in the main event against Islam Makhachev. Islam Makhachev is a dear friend and training partner of Khabib Nurmagomedov. He's already been christened as the next Khabib. People are already thinking that he's going to be the guy. He wins on Saturday night. Uh, Good chance he gets a title shot. He's going into Bobby Green. And Bobby Green, he's back-to-back wins. He's a plus 600 underdog. But he has kind of that Jorge Masvidal star-making potential if he can get that W on Saturday night.
0: Cofield and Company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas.